I'm Attorney General Lawrence Wasden. I'd like to welcome you to Counsel for the State, a podcast produced by my office. Counsel for the State will shed light on my office, explain what we do, and discuss timely legal topics. Our aim is to increase transparency so constituents, journalists, and everyone with an interest in Idaho government can better understand how the Attorney General serves the state. With that, here is the Office of Attorney General Public Information Officer and Counsel for the State host, Scott Graff. Hello and welcome to Counsel for the State. Thank you for downloading our podcast or listening online. Remember, Counsel for the State is available at the AG's website, that is ag.idaho.gov, as well as through podcast outlets like iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music. This is our fourth episode of Counsel for the State. To date, we've discussed the role of the AG in Idaho's government. We've also talked about robocalls and scams, and most recently, CBD and hemp laws in our state. And today, we'll discuss another timely issue that's already been in the news somewhat of late, and that is the issue of fireworks. Happy birthday, America. (laughs) (laughs) Joining me to discuss this issue today is that voice, Brian Kane, the Assistant Chief Deputy here in the office of the Attorney General. Brian, hello. Hello. (laughs) And Paul Panther returns to the podcast today. Paul is the Chief of the Office's Criminal Law Division. Paul, welcome back. Thank you. And this might seem like an extremely specific issue for an office of the Attorney General to be talking about, but it is one that has involved our office in the past. And because of that fact, that we're because of the fact rather, we're in a fire-prone state. Uh, perhaps this issue gets a lot more attention in Idaho than it does in other states uh, this time of year. So, Brian, I want to go back and talk about sort of this. We're having this conversation in the context of this is an issue that our office has uh, been associated with over the last few summers. Can you take a moment to recap what happened in the summer of 2017 and why this is an issue that? Uh, this office still happens to be involved with. Uh, Sure thing. Um, And I want to start out with the preface of this is an issue where as we discuss it, uh, our office has no enforcement authority over uh, these issues. And I think that uh, it's one of those things that is is sometimes a little bit challenging um, because we do have a statutory requirement uh, in Idaho Code Section uh, 67-1401, Paragraph 6, to provide an opinion to legislators when requested. And so if a legislator asks us, what is the status of fireworks law within the state of Idaho, uh, we're obligated to respond to that legislator. Uh, And that's exactly what happened uh, a couple couple three years ago now, um, is we were asked the question, what fireworks are legal? We analyzed the statute um, and we provided an answer and that kind of generated the discussion. it's important to note we did not declare any fireworks illegal we did not declare any practices illegal we simply uh, recited what the law in Idaho is with regard to fireworks and there are certain specific limitations on what you can and cannot purchase uh, and there's certain limitations on who can purchase what types of fireworks Uh, if if folks are not following those laws we can't enforce those laws. It's up to local law enforcement. Um, and, you know, they have their own priorities and discretion with regard to how they enforce the laws. Paul, I want to ask you, you authored the opinion that uh, created uh, the escalation of the profile of fireworks here in the state of Idaho a couple summers ago. But before we get into to that issue specifically of aerial fireworks, let's just for 
you know, the regular everyday citizen listening to the podcast who wants to understand what they can have legally and what they may not legally have or shoot off in our state. What can a person, if you are, let's say, living in the city in Idaho and you go to the grocery store, you even stop by one of the fireworks stands that get set up this time of year, what can you legally go purchase and then actually use in our state? Well, you can legally purchase and use what uh, our statutory scheme refers to as non-aerial common fireworks. And the statute defines those as fireworks that don't travel out of outside of a 15-foot diameter or emit sparks that go outside of a 20-foot diameter or go higher than 20 feet. So those are the kinds of fireworks you'd see at your normal firework stand in the maybe in the parking lot of a grocery store that you would shoot outside front of your house on the 4th of July. Um, there's another category of fireworks that's referred to as special fireworks and, and these would be the fireworks that go higher than that and the ones that you typically see at a baseball game or some kind of public display and uh, those require uh, a permit to purchase and the permit has a number of restrictions including the requirement that the, the, the uh, purchaser have a bond or a certificate of liability up to the amount of one million dollars. So uh, the way the statute is set up, non-aerial fireworks can be sold at retail, but fireworks uh, that are not that are not the non-aerial fireworks, the, the kind that are going to go up in the air, the aerial fireworks have to be purchased by somebody who has a permit that's issued by um, the fire district or fire department in that jurisdiction. So I'm thinking specifically of, to me, something that may be sort of in between, but maybe technically fits that second definition of a special firework, a bottle rocket. If I happen onto a, a, a stand in the, the, the grocery store parking lot and I see a package of bottle rockets, unless I have a bond of a million dollars, um, I, what, technically, legally can't buy those, can't possess those, can't shoot those off? Well, the, the statute says that somebody can't sell those to somebody that doesn't have a permit. It's a little bit less clear about whether you can actually possess them or not, but it's very clear that you can't use them without a permit. And that's because they go over 20 feet in the air. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. But what if I agree to say, oh, I'm not purchasing these to use them in Idaho. I'm purchasing these to use elsewhere. Well, there, there's, there's sort of two sides to that. One is... Uh, to be certainly to be used in Idaho, it requires a permit. So, whatever your whatever you sign, regardless of your motive, if you're going to use them in Idaho, you need to have a permit. There's an exception in the statute. Excuse me, the statutory scheme uh, that would allow the sale to uh, folks, sale of those kinds of fireworks to to for export from the state or for interstate commerce and fireworks. But if you're not an exporter. Uh, then you shouldn't be allowed to purchase those fireworks. And I, so, the fact that you say you're going to take them over to Oregon and shoot them off there doesn't make you an exporter. And states have laws about what can be imported and exported into their state, and that requires a certain license. And I'm guessing a lot of those folks who, you know, out of, um, you know, kind of perfectly innocent motives maybe think they can buy those fireworks because someone hands them a piece of paper and says, sign this and we're good. Uh, that doesn't make you an exporter. And in fact, if you actually did take those into another state, you might be violating potentially federal laws involving the interstate movement of, you know, prohibited or highly regulated explosive devices. 
So it sounds like if I'm a fireworks stand operator, I want to, number one, check to see if there's a, a permit for certain types of fireworks sales. From the purchaser. From the purchaser. Yeah. Um, and then the second thing is, you know, is somebody actually an exporter? Uh, and is it reasonable to think that someone that purchases, you know, one or two packages yeah. of bottle rockets yeah. can with a straight face say, oh, I'm an exporter? Yeah, and I, I when when this issue first came up, I had the the mental picture of some guy some guy driving up in a minivan with a couple of kids in the back, with this uh, license plates that of the same county where the fireworks stand is, and signing that, and then driving back to town, and you know that's that like you said, it's just not reasonable to think that that person is going to be an exporter. Yeah, hey, just going to export him back to his neighborhood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so this is one of those things that I, I'm sitting here thinking about an analogy, and it's it's sort of like driving out on the highway where there might be a, a 65 mile an hour speed limit, and you meet a police officer uh, who is running radar, and he or she clocks you at 70 miles an hour and just keeps driving. You don't get pulled over. This is sort of what has been happening for, it sounds like, decades um, in the state of Idaho when it comes to these these special, these aerial fireworks. As far as I know, I think that's correct. Yeah, I, there, I think there's been, a, a in the valley here, I think there's been at least a couple of places that have been selling these things for a while based on the news reports that I've seen and just driving down the freeway, frankly, and seeing them advertised by signage. And uh, but that that kind of goes back to a point that Brian made originally, which is that our office doesn't have jurisdiction to enforce these laws. And it's really within the discretion of those local law enforcement authorities as to how they're going to approach that. They don't have to agree with us and they have their own enforcement of priorities as well. So um, the fact that we're trying to explain the law as we see it isn't necessarily a judgment that they're somehow violating the law or not doing their duty but it's really their it's their job and their discretion and not ours so uh, I and think they do have their own remember. lawyers they have yeah, their own attorneys yeah. that can say this is the way that we see the law yeah looking exactly. at the exact same right. code yeah. section in the ca and, same code book and say no we don't see it the same and way. fireworks are also one of those uh, areas of the law where yeah maybe you don't have a problem criminally um, but if you purchase fireworks and it creates a fire, some sort of conflagration that winds up costing uh, taxpayers and resources money and time mm -hmm. to put it out, uh, Idaho is a civil restitution state. Uh, and so you could wind up on the hook for uh, um, the fire suppression efforts if you start a fire that's traced back to you using fireworks. Which the, the foremost example in my mind, Paul, is the Table Rock fire. I believe it was in June of maybe at this point four years ago. Yeah, uh, I think it was a young man setting off fireworks. Yeah. I think he later, if I have my facts correct, later to admitted to it, um, set the, the hillside on fire and ended up later in court and had quite a judgment against him to, to pay for those fire suppression efforts, right? That's correct, and I don't I don't know if that was a civil restitution or part of his criminal case because I think he pled guilty to a misdemeanor, if I recall correctly. So, mm -hmm. but in, in a criminal or a civil, you know, it's kind of a civil realm. If you had a civil restitution or criminal restitution, you could end up on the hook for considerable amount of money. Point being, you buy a firework that you're not supposed to have, and you shoot it off in a place that starts a fire you could have to pay a lot out of pocket down the line. How about, Correct. this is another... Well, think about it as a, a 5 or a $10 pack of fireworks then costing you a million dollars. Yeah. What about liability on the part of the seller? 
Paul flips. I his think if the, uh, <laughs> no, I, and that's where it is illegal under Idaho law for a seller to sell these fireworks to somebody who doesn't have a permit. So there, the statute provides it's a misdemeanor, I think, for any violation of that part of the code. And so, you know, arguably a seller could be convicted of a misdemeanor and I guess subject to criminal restitution and maybe, I haven't really looked at the civil restitution issue, I mean, Brian. You it's probably a causation issue. I mean, yeah. could you trace it back to the, the seller? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. You know, that's going to be fact specific and yeah. it could actually involve whatever it is that's being signed at the time of sale as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, although I'm not sure if that would even withstand judicial scrutiny. So yeah. this lots of unknowns there. This to me was an eye-opening experience a couple of years ago because we had the it was the moment where it sort of was pounded into my head of this, you know, 44 counties and in theory 44 potential different enforcement mm -hmm. strategies mm -hmm. or priorities when it comes to in this case mm -hmm. it was fireworks but mm -hmm. as we talked about mm -hmm. last week uh, or last episode mm -hmm. cbd as well i think we talked about it in the context of other laws in our very first podcast but it's a recurring theme and that is that, that the office does not direct the local mm -hmm. prosecutors and the local police mm -hmm. and uh, it leads to a bit of confusion. I don't know if, if either of which one of you want to take this one on, but if you are a constituent, a citizen, and you're preparing and you want to have, you know, sort of the typical American style 4th of July with fireworks, what should you do right now? My advice would be to purchase only non aerial fireworks. It makes it very simple. Those are the kind that you would buy at almost any fireworks stand in, in Idaho. Those are legal in all Those 44 completely counties. Legal. And, yeah. and that, that Unless there's some city ordinance maybe that, that regulates that that I don't know about or perhaps a county ordinance, but under state law that's legal. Now what about if you're a constituent who for, for years, since you were a kid, were buying the bottle rockets and the, the Roman candles that go up more than 20 feet in the air and you still want to do that, you want to celebrate the same way with your kids, Brian, what do you do? Um, my advice there is to be really aware, right, to understand that there are statutes that regulate uh, that type of conduct um, and understand that you're probably taking on a risk of some sort. And it could be the risk of whether or not um, somebody decides to criminally investigate or prosecute. It could be the risk of a fire, um, for example. Um, I know that I was reading an article today that said if you're, if you're um, setting off fireworks, you want to make sure you keep a big bucket of water handy, you know, and so you may want to make sure you've got your bucket of water and a, a, a fairly uh, decent hose <laughs> very close by. Um, but, you know, I mean, the, probably the best advice that you could offer folks is find a good fireworks show. You know, the Boise yeah. Hawks, the, the city, I mean, Boise in particular, and I know all throughout the state of Idaho, I mean, we've got some fantastic uh, fireworks celebrations. The 4th of July celebration over in Idaho Falls, for example, um, actually draws folks in from all over. Um, and I think that that's one of those that, that sometimes it's really great just to get together with your family, um, make sure you got your dog taken care of and, and get together with your family and just celebrate the fantastic uh, that is our nation. But there is, this is a situation a lot like what we talked about in our last podcast with CBD, that you might live in a county where local police and the local mm -hmm. prosecutor's office say, look, we're not going to make this an enforcement priority. Mm -hmm. Yeah, technically it maybe is against the law, but we have what's called discretion and we're going to use it in this case. Mm -hmm. Be safe, everybody use common sense, have a good 4th mm -hmm. of July, and, and we won't bug you. 
and and that's that's very possible. We we see something similar to this in our authority that we have under Idaho Code 312002, which gives our office the authority to investigate uh, county officials who are alleged to have been committing crimes in the course of their uh, employment. And what we get a lot of times, particularly with the two categories of folks, and it's not surprising it's these categories because I think they have the most interaction with the public, is we get complaints against sheriffs, offices, and prosecutors sheriff's deputies and deputy prosecutors and a huge number of those complaints a huge percentage of them are not complaints that that person actually violated a law when you look at those complaints it's complaints that they did something that that constituent didn't like in the absolutely legal exercise of their discretion so we we don't second guess those folks in the exercise of their discretion that's their job to do and not ours yeah, and I think that thematically, you know, the kind of constant that, that you hear from our office and, and even through this podcast and a few of our episodes is if you don't like the law or you don't like the risk that's associated with the law and the fact that there are unknowns with regard to, to fireworks and your activity, the best call that you can make is to your legislator and say, hey, let's clear this up. Let's take away the uncertainty and make sure that we're dealing with something that we can understand whether our conduct is or is not legal and will or will not be prosecuted. And I think that, you know, part of our system is that we want a legal regime that provides us with certainty. And this is a bit of a gray area. Well, I don't. I, I don't know. I think that as yes, currently it, executed, as currently executed, and as currently drafted, I think mm-hmm. you're you're absolutely right. There is a gray area here, um, and sometimes some of our biggest problems as a society uh, are the result of these gray areas remaining unresolved. And you've also got sort of tradition, I think, on right. on one side of the issue yeah. here. Yeah. We've been able to do this for a long time, and then all of a sudden, Paul Panther in the AG's <laughs> Criminal Law Division issues an opinion and that, that's branded as a banning of fireworks, and people say, hey, wait a minute, yeah. I've been doing this for years and haven't had any problems. Why should I have to stop this now? Yeah, yeah we're not the Grinch that stole the 4th of July. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're just, this is the law yeah. that's been on the books, and, and you know, as yeah. we, we noted at the beginning of the podcast, yeah. this isn't a new law. Like, this isn't a law that when we reviewed it had just been changed or something. And this it, is a law that's been in existence for a while. Brian, you and our office are the legislative liaison. Um, I'm probably putting you on the spot a little bit. But in the wake of the Table Rock fire here in Boise and perhaps this opinion coming out in, in I think, 2017, um, there have been some attempts, right, or at least one attempt in the legislature to make some changes to fireworks law. I think so. Do you remember the specifics? Um, and and I, th- I know that it's been discussed. I don't know how many pieces of legislation have seen uh, the light of day. Um, but I think that, you know, this is Idaho is very uh, attuned to individual rights and fireworks really strikes kind of at the heart of some of our individual rights. And so it's not necessarily an easy area in which to legislate. And I think that that's one of the the difficulties with this series of statutes is, yes, we want clarity, but understanding the implications of these individual rights and how paramount we hold them in Idaho sometimes makes it a tough uh, area of the law to address legislatively. Mm -hmm. Were you going to say something, Paul? Uh, No. 
Okay. I, I agree. I totally agree with what Brian's saying. No. Yeah. In our last podcast on the uh, the hemp and the CBD uh, issues, we talked about you know potentially reaching out to the local prosecutor's office and local police in your jurisdiction just to sort of understand what their enforcement strategy or priority is when it comes to those laws. Would it make sense to for folks to reach out to those same entities if they have questions about fireworks this summer? Yeah, I, I think that would make complete sense, and we've advised people to do that on a number of issues. So that's. And again, they have the uh, they have the authority in that county to exercise their discretion in terms of how they're going to approach those issues. And so, you'd want to make sure that you didn't end up on the wrong side of things, just even though you thought you were engaging in completely innocent conduct. That will wrap up this Council for the State episode. Joining me, Paul Panther, the uh, Chief of our Criminal Law Division here in the Office of the Attorney General, and Brian Kane, another Deputy AG here in the office as well. Thank you for joining us for this episode. And remember, we have three others, which you can find at our website, ag.idaho.gov. Episodes are also available through popular podcast outlets like iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music. See you next time.